0: Welcome to the Gas Street Podcast. Our vision as a church is to be light for the city. We really hope you enjoy this message. Great to be with you today. Um, we don't have a lot of time, so I'm not going to do lots of introductions. All you need to know is, my dad is Nigerian. I'm going to say that. My dad is Nigerian. My mom is Ghanaian. Any Ghanaians in the house? Are there any Ghanaians in the house, really? Oh, yay! You're very quiet. Are you embarrassed? (laughs) My mom is from Ghana, and I was born in Liberia. And my wife is from Stockport, and I live in Manchester. (laughs) So, uh, that's all you need to know right now. And I lead a ministry in Manchester called Prayer Storm. Today, we're going to be looking at uh, Luke 9, uh, 28. So, if you've got your Bibles, just turn there. We're going to be just looking at a few things to do a prayer and start in 2023, right? It says, Now it came to pass about eight days after these sayings that Jesus took Peter, James, and John and went up on the mountain to pray. Everyone say up on the mountain. So we're going to read, hopefully, maybe a few more verses, depending on how the flow goes right now, as so I shared some things from that simple bit I read. Now, It's interesting to me that Jesus often liked praying in certain places. You know, he would withdraw uh, into solitude a great while before daylight, Mark shows us that. In uh, Matthew 14, he also went up the mountain to pray at a really interesting time, right after he'd heard about his cousin John the Baptist being beheaded. You know, he was trying to get some time away and the crowd were following him. Uh, you know, there was a massive crowd and so he kind of, I guess, did some teaching and, you know, and then they were hungry, then the, fi- the 5,000 were fed, you know, the famous miracle. And after a long day, all that work, he decided to go up the mountain to pray. However, that time, Matthew 14, if you want to look, look it up, that time he didn't go with his disciples. In fact, the Bible says he sent his disciples away. He sent the multitudes away And he went up the mountain alone. You know, in prayer, there are certain things you can't encounter until you get alone with God. He first had to get rid of the multitudes. Some of you, and myself included, when you go to the place of prayer, one of the first challenges you face is the challenge of the multitudes. Because they're in your head. They're around you. They're constantly They're trying to give you ideas and drag you in every other direction apart from being with him. Yeah. In fact, Psalm 91 says this, he who dwells in the secret place. See, he doesn't say they who dwell, he, he. So it's, it's an individual call. And it's not a visit. It says he who dwells in the secret. not say he who visits the secret place of the Most High. It says, will abide under the shadow of the, mo- of the Almighty. Now listen to that. It says, he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High. It's the Most High's secret place. Yeah. It's his place. So he has a location, that secret, that he wants you to dwell in. It's secret because it's often very difficult to get there. And you probably know that because prayer is difficult on the flesh. And that's why many people don't wanna give themselves to it because they count themselves out because they think they're not good enough, they can't pray hard enough, they're not eloquent enough and all the other excuses. But really, prayer is not about how great you sound. There are people that sound so good, but their hearts are so far from God. In fact, when you pray, there are two voices coming from your being. There's a voice, you're speaking out your words, you know, that's the sound waves coming from you. And then there's the sound of your heart. So you could be saying one thing with your mouth, and your heart is saying quite another thing. Do you not realize God sees that? He's not impressed by your nice theological, you know, sound nice sounding words poetic and everything sounded really cool god is not impressed by that yeah. he's impressed by the heart oh, yeah. and so one of the first things we need to learn to do is send the multitudes away and jesus was in the habit of doing this He was in the habit of getting alone with god going up the mountain was something he did and we read of like he said earlier matthew 14 he did that by himself mm-hmm. and if you explore that even further it's amazing to me that After such a hard day's work, after all the bad news of John the Baptist being beheaded, he decided to go up the mountain. Why didn't he just pray in the valley? Why didn't he just pray? Why didn't he just pray down after, send everyone away and just stay where he was and just pray there? Why why did he have to walk up a mountain? Now, I said to the first service, I've never walked up a mountain, but I've climbed up lots of flights of stairs. And I know... (laughs) that it's not as easy as it looks sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. If you've not been working out and you know not really fit, it's not as easy as it looks. So it's actually physically demanding to climb up a mountain. Yeah. Yeah. And I've been to Israel. I know the mountains. I see one you know, in uh, the you know, uh, uh, Galilee area. I, I know what it looks like. It's not physically kind of, it's not a fun thing to just do. So for him to go through that effort, there, there's a reason why, because there was an encounter waiting for him at the top. Yeah. And that encounter was not in the valley. And to get to that encounter, his flesh needs to go through a dying process, the climbing process. When you start praying, your flesh starts to go through that dying process. And you realize nothing likes to die. Okay, if you're a vegetarian, close your ears right now. (laughs) I'm sorry. I said to to Nick yesterday, I don't know, yeah, and someone else, I think it might be Tim, I've never met a Nigerian vegetarian. Never. Maybe there are out there, but I've never met one. Now, again, close your ears. When I, because I came to the UK when I was 17, right? And so, believe it or not, I'm gonna be 40 this year, so it's been a while. Now, when I lived in Nigeria, you know, like over here, um, you wanna eat chicken, you go to Tesco, wherever you get chicken. Like When I lived in Nigeria, we had lots of chickens around, so you wanna eat chicken, you just grab one chicken and kill it. So, (laughs) this is why you need to close your ears. You know the phrase, running around like a headless chicken? Do you realize that's real? So when, I'm not going to take you through the gruesome process of killing the chicken. (laughs) But when the chicken's head is off, if you don't stay on it, it's actually going to get up and start running around. So I had to learn as a child, well, I don't know. You want to say that's child abuse. No, it's not child abuse. I had to learn how to kill the chicken and stay on it Until it was completely dead. Because the light, it's so everything in the chicken doesn't want to die. If a chicken doesn't want to die, what makes you think your flesh wants to die? (laughs) (laughs) Nothing in you wants to die. So the point I'm trying to make is, when you're killing the chicken, it's reacting. When it's time to pray, your flesh reacts. Because your flesh doesn't want to do it. The process of climbing that mountain is killing of your flesh yes. you're saying no to your flesh but some of you have said yes to your flesh so much it always has its way mm. you feed your flesh all the food it wants you feed it all the entertainment it wants you give it everything it wants you feed you feed you feed you feed and so you feed your flesh all these meals but you feed your spirit a Sunday service yeah. and maybe a midweek service so your flesh is so strong while your spirit is so weak. Yeah. So when the flesh and the spirit end up in a fight, you know who's going to win? Yeah. The one you've been feeding the most. Yeah. What you feed grows and what you starve dies. Yeah. Yeah. That's why fasting is powerful. Mm-hmm. Climbing up the mountain was a process of dealing with the flesh because there was an encounter waiting for him at the top. In the same way, this time around, Jesus is going up the mountain, but he's not going alone. He's going with his disciples. Because in Matthew 14, we don't actually know what encounter he had at the top. But we know he encountered God. (laughs) Because when he came up the mountain, he started walking on water. So something must have happened up there (laughs) that made it possible for him to walk on water. This time around, we get a glimpse into what's happening at the top of the mountain. After they'd climbed up to the top, the disciples are with him. And this is what it says in verse 29 as he prayed everyone say as he prayed say that again as he prayed that's the key as he prayed something happened and this will happen the appearance of his face was altered his robe became white and glistening and behold two men talked with him who were moses and elijah how many realize that's epic okay maybe just two people well to me that anyone realize that's epic As he's praying, his countenance is changing, the glory that's within him is emanating through him, passing through his soul, impacting his flesh, and then impacting his garment. Do you know what that actually tells me? That tells me the spirit realm is superior to the natural realm. Come on, come on. Because the spirit realm is the parent realm to this realm that we are all more conscious of. Mm, Because Hebrews tells us that by faith we know that the worlds were framed. For the things that are seen are made, were made from things unseen. So the things that are seen, the wood, the you know, the cement, the, the walls, I mean, the, the 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 very essence of the things seen came out of an unseen world. Yeah. the God we worship, the one we just sang to, the one we prayed to. The Bible says in uh, in John that God is spirit so his essence is not physical now obviously jesus became flesh but before he became flesh god is spirit are you with me and out of the spirit world he spoke this natural world into existence so if the spirit world is superior to the natural world that tells me to change things in the natural world i have to first change things in the spirit world This pulpit, or whatever it's called, is casting the shadow, right? The shadow is not it. The shadow is just a reflection of it. Imagine trying to move the, sh- imagine, di- imagine I wanna move the shadow around, and I decide to try to move the shadow. How silly would that be? To move the shadow, I have to move the thin, casting the shadow. Yeah. The spirit realm is the thin, the shadow is this realm. Are you hearing me? So if you want to see change in this realm, you have to do your homework in that realm, through prayer and worship and fasting and engaging with God. So when Jesus prayed, the reality of the spirit realm impacted this physical being. The light was shining through him. To such a degree, it came through his clothes and it changed the atmosphere. Four people went up the mountain Jesus, Peter, James, and John. But only one of them prayed and the atmosphere shifted. It didn't say they prayed, he prayed. It was as he prayed. When he started to pray, the atmosphere started to react to his presence and his prayer. And I know you can read that and go, well, you know, it's Jesus, that's okay. But do you realize the same happens when you pray? Are you aware that the enemy hates you praying? Mm. By the way, we're in a battle. I need to make this announcement in case you didn't realize. The devil is real. Angels are real. Hell is real. Heaven is real. Now get over it. (laughs) The reason I say that is many Christians are scared to talk about the reality of the spiritual realm, Mm. they think it's something spooky. Read the Bible. If you take out everything about spirit, angels, demons, heaven, hell, spiritual reality, you have nothing left. It's all through this book. I'm telling you, it's not just a fairy tale and just ideas out there and nice stories. It is real. I have experienced it. We don't have time to go into stories upon stories of the reality of the spirit world and how it influences this world. As Mm. Jesus prayed, it was when he prayed that things around him, the atmosphere started to shift. I've been in places where there's been a weight of depression. And when I say that, you know, our minds might go to even mental illness, and it's a big thing right now, even in the secular world. And I am not trying to say every bit of mental illness is demonic, but when you read through the New Testament, you find that in releasing healings, Jesus had to deal with the demonic a lot. So there are a lot of sicknesses that have demonic influences. And so you don't medicate demons, you cast them out. <laughs> Did you hear me? Yeah. So if what you're dealing with is demonic, you have to deal with the source. Yeah. Now, there are times where I felt that demonic depression. I've had some battles with that. I call it demonic depression because when it's come on me, everything in me wants to shut down. And all I want to do, I'm saying this because there's some people in here dealing with it right now. There's no other reason, I feel stirred. There's some people in this room, you're dealing with this thing I'm calling, it's a demonic depression. And everything in me shuts down and all I wanna do is not be around people. In fact, for that person, it's been a fight for you to come to this meeting this morning. Like it's been a battle, but you've got yourself here and God is wanting you to know that what you're dealing with is demonic. And it causes me to want to just shut down. I don't want to talk to anyone. I don't want to pray. I don't want to be around. Every, it's like I just want to be locked away in a dark room. And anyone knows what I'm talking about right here? Yeah. Okay, one person. Well, <laughs> bless you. In those moments, there are times where I've asked people to pray. It's been good. I've seen some breakthrough. Then after a while, I realized God wanted me to start to pray for myself. Yeah. And so I started by praying, Father, in the name of Jesus, I take authority over this atmosphere. Whatever is responsible for this cloud of heaviness, I come against you in the name of Jesus. I recalibrate this space to be a space where the peace of God reigns, the life of God reigns. I- I disconnect myself from every emotion of heaviness. For God has not given me this spirit of fear and depression. He's given me love, power, and a sound mind. I put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Satan, you're not going to have my mind. Wherever you've come from, I command you to pack your bags and get out of this house right now. I fill this room with the life of God. I declare that fire comes on me. Fire comes through me. Depression, you leave now in Jesus. His name yeah. darkness you leave li- you know when i start praying like that boom in an instant the emotion lifts yeah. Yeah. so i know i'm not dealing with a chemical imbalance in my brain it's a spiritual oppression yeah. and when i've d- it's not happened once or twice several times and i see the atmosphere shift as i pray now don't tell me it's powerful because it's me praying your prayer is also powerful But because you don't know it, you think you have to sound eloquent, it has to sound amazing. No, you just have to believe that you are in his name, the name of Jesus. Oh, as a side note, the name of Jesus is not just something you mention, it's a location in the spirit realm. Philippians says, at then everyone say at the name. At the name. Philippians doesn't say at the mention of the name. Read it again. It says. At the name of Jesus, every knee will bow. It's a location. If this is the name of Jesus, you have to be at the name. That's why the Bible says the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run in and they're safe. You have to be at the name. When you're in the tower of the name, it means you're under the government of the name. So when you mention the name from being at the name, it has authority. Come on. But some people are over here, they're mentioning the name, but they're not at the name. Yeah. Yeah. So if you mention the name over here, while you're not under his government, it's not going to work for you. Like the sons of Sceva, they try to cast out the devil and say, in the name of Paul, in the name of Jesus, who Paul preaches, in the name of... And you know what the demons said to them? The demons said, Paul, we know. The demons also said, Jesus, we know. The demons said the name of Jesus, yeah. and they didn't you know, fall away and tremble. They said his name. And then they got those guys and stripped them naked and beat them. (laughs) The demons did that. So mentioning the name does not mean you're at. When you bring yourself at the name, it means you come under his government. You submit your life to him. You come under his rule. You can't have authority over an enemy you're sleeping with. Mm. So if you're living in sin... And you're living in disobedience. You're living in unforgiveness and bitterness. You're not at the name. Because you can't live in that and be at the name. When you're at the name and you pray from that location, listen, whether you feel it or not, the atmosphere shifts. Because you're at the name. It's not you that makes the prayer powerful. It's your location that makes the prayer powerful. You might not even have all the right words, and all you can say is Jesus. You shout in the name of Jesus while you have the name causes the demons to tremble. Oh, yeah. And you better learn how to use that weapon because many Christians are not fighting, they're letting the enemy bamboozle their minds, their emotions, their families, and just watching him wreak havoc when God has called you as a warrior. So this year, 2023, Gas Street is gonna be a praying church like never before. Oh, yeah. I'm saying that one more time. This year, 2023, Gas Free Church is going to be a praying church like never before. Because when you pray, you're going to shift the atmosphere in this neighborhood, in Birmingham, in your family. Because you pray. I use the illustration in the morning session. that You know, when you watch movies, I love like sci-fi movies that have lots of VFX. And uh, I, I find it very interesting watching behind the scenes. Because, you know, like... Black Panther or something that's got lots of, like, graphic effects and very impressive. And my mind is like, how did they do that? How do they do that? How do they do that? So you watch behind the scenes and you see the actor the actress. You know, oftentimes they're in a room that's painted green. You know what's in there? Yeah. Or blue. It's got the green screen or, you know, I don't know It's it's got blue screen. But basically, the actors, in fact, sometimes they don't even have the full-on costume as you see in the movie. They have all these dots painted on them, and all those things are kind of imposed by the you know VFX artist put on them. So the actress or the, a- or the actor has to believe the director that whenever they move their hand in the final production, it's a laser beam that comes out of them. Mm-hmm. In the actual moment of filming that scene, they don't feel the laser beam yeah. they don't feel. Anything, but they have to believe the director that when the production is done, in reality, what's coming out of them is a laser beam. Well, welcome to the ministry of prayer and intercession. Very good. When you're in your room and you get on your knees or you stand up and say, "Lord, I'm not feeling good today, but I'm here to worship you, Lord. I surrender my emotions to you." Do you not understand that the demons responsible, if it's demons involved, responsible for those negative emotions in that moment? earthquake is beginning to take place around them because you're standing at the name and you're calling on him and in the spirit realm there is judgment released against them maybe the judgment is coming forth as a battle axe and as you saying, father in the name of jesus i come against this depression and in the spirit realm what actually came out of you was a flaming battle axe that slayed some demons you never felt anything happen but from the final production in heaven's eyes That was an epic moment. Someone say, prayer is epic. (laughs) If only you can see it from the spirit realm. The reason why you think it's boring is you're not seeing it right. And you don't realize your words carry weight in the spirit realm. As Jesus prayed, his very nature changed. He didn't say as the disciples prayed. Then he says, Elijah and Moses came down. And when you read later, because we've not read the whole thing, you see it talks about the fact that they appeared to him in glory. In fact, that is in verse 30. And behold, two men talked with him. Who were Moses and Elijah? Who appeared in glory, spoke and, and, and spoke of his disease, which he was about to accomplish at Jerusalem. So listen to this. Moses and Moses and Elijah are where they're in heaven. Jesus is on earth. By his prayer, he created such a glory zone atmosphere that Moses and Elijah switched realms from heaven to earth and felt at home on earth because of the atmosphere he created through his prayer. And as he prayed, you see what happened with Moses and Elijah? They started to talk with him about where he was going to go and what he was going to do. Some of you in here are confused about what's going to happen in 2023. You're not sure about what God's calling you to. You feel like this cloud of confusion is just weighing on you. Listen, as you pray, directives come. As you pray, you start to sense where he wants to lead you. You may not have the full picture. In fact, he oftentimes might not show you the whole thing, but he shows you the next step to take, what to do. I remember when I finished university, I did audio video broadcast university, you know. So when I finished, all my friends were applying for jobs. Well, as you do. But as I was praying, I realized the Lord did not want me to apply for any jobs. Now, if you're a university student, please don't do this because I did it. (laughs) This was a personal revelation. Again, as I prayed, this is what I knew. I knew, and I couldn't explain how I knew it, but I just knew it, and I had such confidence when it came to me. This is 2007. I knew that I will not apply for any job. God was gonna bring the right job to me. (laughs) Now, that is crazy in the natural. But I knew that to the point where all I did was I spent my time praying. Because I knew God was giving me an assurance, I could not explain how I knew. I just knew he was going to bring the right job to me. So that meant I didn't need to spend hours searching for jobs. I spent hours praying in my room. Hours and hours just praying. And I don't have time to tell the whole story. But in reality, that's exactly what happened. Twice. First job, someone came condemned. Second job, which ended up being me working for the Mercy Trust, uh, doing video and prayer leading all of that came because god brought the people to me but how did i know that that doesn't make any sense in the natural i knew that because as i prayed he put an impression on my heart as you pray he will speak He may be in dreams He may be in visions He may be through the scriptures but if you don't pray you're missing out on some of the plans and the purposes of God for your life in 2023. Many Christians don't have a plan for their prayer life. You have a plan for the gym. You have a plan for everything else. And you don't think strategically about how you want to grow in prayer. Let me make this practical. This year, 2023, I believe, you will probably pray 10 times more than you did last year. If at the end of this service, you make a decision with God saying, Lord, I want to get up at so-and-so time to pray. Oh Lord, I want to stay up late to pray. Because see, some people like like, yeah. the prayer doesn't have to happen in the morning. Yes, it can happen in the car. Yes, it can happen while you're walking down the street. But there's something really special about creating an undistracted space. Because if you're trying to talk to someone and they're on their phone, it's very annoying. So God is looking for your undistracted attention. So it, can't, it can be early in the morning, it could be late at night, it could be middle of the night, whatever works for you. If you will make that decision, Lord, I want to pray for 30 minutes every day. Lord, I want to pray for an hour every day. Lord, I want to create space for you. And listen, when you make that decision, step into your room. When it's time to pray, say it's 6 a.m. and you're going to pray from 6 to 7. It's time to pray. You look at the time, Lord, I'm going to be in your presence till 7. Maybe you might have some worship. You might pray in tongues for some time. You might stay in silence you might just spend time just praying your prayers let those prayers not be focused on just needs and if I didn't even touch on that right now that's for another time the prayers for growth in relationships should be focused on the person of Jesus are you with me because if all you do is ask for stuff you're not gonna grow growing means dialogue interaction sharing of hearts that takes time when you start doing this, it's very likely you're going to feel bored. But I wanted to get this in your head even now, that the feeling of boredom is not because God is boring. It's your flesh that's reacting. So in reality, you are the boring one. Your flesh is not wanting you to do it. Like the chicken that doesn't want to die, your flesh is screaming. That feeling of boredom is your flesh. So now you need to say, flesh, shut up, I am gonna stay. So you have to embrace boredom as a pathway to encounter. There is no other way. You have to climb up that mountain, even if it feels difficult. Many Christians give up too easy. Oh, I'm finding it so hard. God feels like a thousand miles away. He doesn't mean that's the reality, is right there. It's just your flesh in the way. There are different ways you can push past the flesh. Worship is one of those ways you push past the flesh. Praying in tongues one of the ways you push past the flesh. As you engage in these activities, you become less flesh conscious and more God conscious. See, when we worshipped in this room, some of you would have sensed, if you didn't, most of us probably would have sensed that just the peace, the presence of God, that does not have to just happen in this room. It can happen in your home, in your bedroom, all by yourself if you would make a decision at the end of this service to pray a set time on a regular basis not because you can't pray other times but just because you want to create a a discipline you will pray probably 10 times more this year than you did last year and listen it doesn't even have to start with an hour if an hour is too big a target start with what's real for you be realistic Did you hear what i said be realistic don't say like Lord I want to pray for five hours every day starting tomorrow and you've never prayed for one hour in your whole life let me realize that's an unrealistic target be if if you if you know what you can do at this point is 30 minutes set it in your diary Lord I'm gonna give you that time if you know it's an hour set it if you know it's more set it because the Lord will honor the appointment okay let me wrap up with this remember when Adam sinned against God and uh, He said, God came down to have his regular fellowship with Adam. How many remember that? And Adam wasn't where God expected him to be. So this is what God said. God said, Adam, where are you? God didn't say, Adam, how are you? Did you hear what I just said? God didn't ask Adam how he was feeling. God asked Adam, why didn't you show up where I expected you to show up? So you know what that means? Pray when you're depressed. Pray when you're sad. Pray when you're glad. Pray when you're mad. Pray when life is good. Pray when life is not good. Just make sure you show up. Because he is waiting. He's waiting. He's waiting. You have to develop the discipline of showing up. Do you understand with we me? We're going to pray. And we're going to pray with... You the mindset of making a a fresh commitment to the life of prayer 2023 this is one of the most if not the most important thing you can give yourself to this year because for some of you it's going to save you from wasting your time and energy where god is not as you pray your perceptions will be unlocked you begin to receive intelligence from heaven Discernment will begin to increase. You begin to pick up on things you never picked up on before. It's better to hit 80% of a target than a hundred percent of zero target. Set your prayer target in 2023. Lord, I want to spend this sort of time with you. Now make that decision in your heart right now. And then what I'm going to do to lead us in praise, I'm going to get us to lift our hands as a sign of response to God. If you know the Lord is speaking to you and you're saying, Lord, I want to say yes to this message. I'm saying yes to this call. And in 2023, I want to go deeper in prayer. And as I lift my hands, I'm asking you for the grace to do this, that I would go deeper with you like I've never done in 2023 so as you kind of settle in your heart what sort of time you want to give to the Lord I want you to just lift your hands as a sign of surrender and as a sign of just asking him for the grace because it's not by your power it's not by your mind it's by his spirit so as we begin to lift our hands all over this room in surrender to the Lord we're gonna just begin to call on him we come boldly before your throne of grace we're asking for your grace we are asking for your mercy in our hour of need we sang it earlier how much we need you Lord how much we desire you Lord we're tired of the lack of consistency in prayer we're tired of all the distractions we're tired of being prayerless believers father this Sunday morning right here in Birmingham as we lift our hands to you we say father let us step into a new Culture, a new rhythm of seeking your face. It doesn't matter how old we are, even the teenagers in this room. We pray, Father, that we will become men of prayer, boys of prayer, girls of prayer, women of prayer, that we will be infected with a prayer virus just like COVID, that we will not be able to recover from the prayer virus. Infect us with a desire to seek your face, oh God. We lift our hands to you. We say, Father, we don't even know how to pray. Without your grace enabling us, you are the great enabler. Oh Lord, impart our hearts with the spirit of grace and supplication. This year, let it be a year of growth, spiritual growth like never before. There is no other way. There is no other way. There is no other way. We've got to grow deeper in You, Jesus. We've got to know You. We've got to see Your face. We need to be changed, just like Jesus was transformed. We want to be transformed from the inside out. Your presence does that. We want to know You in our bedrooms. We want to know You in our cars. We want to know You in our living room. We want to know You when we walk down the street. We want to know You everywhere. We want to walk with the consciousness of Your presence, Lord take us deeper. Come on, pray over yourself right now. Pray. Say, Lord, teach me to pray. Say, Lord, I I turn away from prayerlessness. Pray with your natural understanding right now. Come on, just a few moments. Oh Jesus, we turn away from every life that's draining the life of god within us every kind of lifestyle that's draining the life of god within us for some of you you need to start to readjust how much time you spend on social media in movies and all the other things you do you need to readjust that based on what god is saying to you right now hallelujah one of the ways you can keep the prayer fires burning is by connecting to other people of prayer. The prayer meetings that are starting with God's Spirit, I believe there's a Thursday morning one, there's a Tuesday morning one, and then maybe there are other ways you can pray with other friends or your groups, but listen, one of the ways you keep the fire burning is by being around people that also want to burn with that fire, get in that space, find things that stir up that fire. To wrap up, I want to point your attention to Luke 10, because we just read Luke 9. In Luke 10, Jesus said to his disciples, The harvest field is plentiful, the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth laborers into the harvest field. As a church, I know you're about to engage in a very significant season with Alpha. You're going to be inviting people to these things, and it's going to be very life transforming for many people. But I want to point your attention to what Jesus said. When he says the harvest field is plentiful, it's referring to the vast numbers of people that need to come to the knowledge of him. There's multitudes, multitudes in the valley of decision. The and then he says to his disciples, he says, the laborers are few. Everyone say the laborers are few. That is still the truth right now. The laborers are few compared to the magnitude of the harvest. But in my natural mind, I would expect Jesus to have said to the disciples, because the laborers are few, let us go and gather more laborers so that we can go ahead and you know, reap the harvest. That's not what he said. He said, the laborers of few, therefore pray. He didn't say go. What did he say? The laborers of few, therefore pray the Lord of the harvest that he might send. So that's where the going happens. The prayer starts, ascends to heaven, then he sends us.